man. Yeah. Can you feel it? I and I. Can you feel it up here? Out here in Babylon. It's getting out of man. Big Babylon blood clot. Hey, Rastafari. It's finally happening. Podcast will never be the same. Want to know why? Because I am in shorts. <gasps> it's short time. And oh. it's never not going to be from now on. Forever. And ever. And ever. I don't even remember my old self. I don't remember anything about... About the this old is, this me. is fun hip with it, Declan here with us now. Hey. You are you you are relatable to the kids. You got your knees exposed, hopefully, unless you got some bad short problems going on. I used to think about work all the time, you know, man. Now everything is just chill. And I put on the pair of shorts and now whoa. It's chill, brother man. I got to make sure you have the weed stash pockets, my guy. I don't have to worry about the oh. money. I don't have to worry about... Getting consent from women, man. Honestly, honestly. So so comfy and easy to wear. Shorts. It just slips out sometimes. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, man. Uh, I sleep whenever I want. Don't have to change the shorts. Yeah, honestly. J- dude, just kind of lay out in the sun and the world is your bed, my guy. The world is your bed. I knew you would get it. Everybody thinks that the world is a vampire, but they're wrong. <laughs> The world is actually just your, it's just a nice 12 inch foam memory foam mattress and you drift off. 40 uh, ounces to freedom was a, was a <laughs> polemical retort to, <laughs> um, <laughs> come to, on, I, I don't, I can't help you right now. I'm too deep. You know, to, to that album, whatever, whichever one it yeah, was, yes, yes. It, uh, you know, whatever Smashing oh. Pumpkins album was. Oh yeah, fucking the Siamese dream or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, um, hold on, real quick. I'm gonna do the shot. Okay. Is that what you meant by you're too you're too far? This, this is uh this this is the kind of content that you need to be wasted for, I think, because this is a an episode about fun and happy things that are good. Summertime. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I have nothing interesting to say. I cooked a steak. It was good. What a, what a, what a terrible d- d- dilemma for someone on a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I, fortunately you brought, uh, two things to talk about. What's going on with you? <laughs> you, you got cat, any cat anecdotes? We talk to each other every day. So it's, yeah, I know a cat is just kind of, um, she's freaking out at the hallucination she's seeing in my uh, window and, uh, just, uh, keeps, She's just started. Um, I don't think she, she doesn't respect me enough, so I gotta, I gotta start uh-huh. down the law. Start I gotta start showing her who's her. boss. Because yeah, she's entered the sort of. She'll have uh, long periods throughout the day where she will just decide uh, that she's gonna try and take me fucking down and become the leader of the household. And so uh-huh, she'll uh-huh. hide behind a corner and wait until she thinks I'm not looking, and then sprint out at full speed and like tap my leg, and then sprint back <laughs> over the corner. She just did it. She just jumped up in my lap, tapped me on the arm with both paws, and then sprinted away full you, speed. You see, you tell me about all you tell me all these stories about your cat and all these obnoxious things it does, but it's just it's so cute to me. Yeah, you I love just, all of it. I can't yeah. reply it with anything and like she's other always than, wet because she's just been like in the sink, so her, like her paws are wet, and she'll just <laughs> like and then whoa, she's just, Aww. wait, Aww. Gone. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I just realized this beer that I cracked open is green. Um, 
Oh, like it, uh, it's new. Like it hasn't aged enough. Well, it's a it's a St. Patrick's Day beer that I got on sale. Oh, that so kind it's of literally, literally green. Literally green. Yeah, my my buddy got it for me, super cheap, thirty two ounces for like three fifty or something, and uh, and now here it is in front of me, and it is, sure enough, it is green as fuck. Wow. So, uh, blarmy, blarmy, uh, fucking other Irish shit. I don't know if they say blarmy. It's not like blimey. I don't think is it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Blarmy. Yeah. No, I, I, um, guess, I guess it's you got a cat. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we talked. We've talked about the cat, but yeah, there's no updates except besides she's being completely like just so annoying. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> funny. Cute. Yeah, but man, holy shit. Yeah, I uh, bet. And uh, yeah, I was. Uh, and uh, what else? I was thinking of titles for this episode, and I couldn't find a way to bring it up organically. But Satoshi sixty nine. Okay, nice. I think that's Very a pretty. Good. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he would love say, that to be his legacy. <laughs> I wouldn't say it had to be his legacy. I just said it would be a good title. You're for currently this writing his legacy. Every time you talk about him, that is the legacy of Satoshi Kone in action. That's true. Hey, at least someone's talking about him. It's We're true. keeping him alive. Um, yeah. Uh. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? No nope, fucking. See, that time she didn't even go for me. She just ran away. I got a, I, I had a mattress. I, I ordered a new mattress because I didn't like my old one. Yeah, yeah. And, Is that showing and, up yet? Yeah. So yes, I got it. It's comfy. It's 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 too comfy. I like being in bed too much now. And uh, I got rid of my old mattress by listing it on the Facebook Marketplace for free. Hmm. And and I must receive like four or five messages inside the first minute. Um, Are they like, all bots? No, there were people. Um, and uh, must have like bots set up to look for the word mattress on the marketplace. How do you get well, a minute? A minute. I think maybe you can set that as like a parameter. It's like alert me if anybody posts about a mattress. But uh, so I put po- I I've been putting it off because uh, I was like, well, nobody's going to want to come out in the middle of the coronavirus thing to come get a fucking mattress from a stranger <laughs> mattress, yeah. but then right. immediately it was gone and and they're like i'm in my car right now with my husband we have rope we will come take the mattress we have rope yeah <laughs> and which yes i guess that's vaguely threatening <laughs> and uh yeah sure enough they, they showed up they had they on all, all eight members of their family came out of the car and moved this fucking mattress out and it was gone inside of 30 seconds i guess uh I guess I, I could talk about the fact that I uh, I believe every conspiracy theory now. You, um, yeah, you said you were bringing back Pizzagate, which I don't know yeah. if the joke there was that Pizzagate has only strengthened since whenever you must have left off. Uh, well, I, I, I can't imagine you actually thought Pizzagate had like died down. Well, I mean, in my circles, it's kind of fallen uh, into obscurity. You know, it's like the Pizzagate <laughs> has been roundly dismissed by the the fucking sheep who pay attention to the me- the lamestream media. But us here on the front line, we recognize that Pizzagate was actually a cover up for the real conspiracy. Uh, Pizzagate was controlled opposition. Yes, uh, that's not even a joke. <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched JFK. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking uh, uh, Jane. Uh, no, what's his name? You know the director. 
Oh, What's Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, yeah, not yeah, Jamie, yeah, not Jamie, whatever. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Oliver Stone. I, uh, uh, I watched the Drifters cut, three and a half hours long. Nice. And then for that three and a half hours, I was there on the front line, fighting the ops, fighting, fighting the fucking secret government, the shadow government that's trying to take down uh-huh. our democratic processes and stage a coup, man. My water, go away. Um, that was the other thing you thought was cute that I do not appreciate. Is she has to stick her shit in every cup of liquid that I have. I've still um, have taken to hiding my jars of water in my desk drawer next to my PS <laughs> fracture. George Lucas's <laughs> fracture. Uh oh um so I, I don't know. I've heard, remember. I've heard Nixon is good. Yeah, I hear that's good too. Um fucking what was I gonna say? Oh the other night we were I was up until like seven in the morning. I think you were there too. Oh god, uh, yeah. Uh, and and it was I can't believe I allowed such a stupid conversation to take up so much of my time. That conversation was so fucking gay. I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I was so was, miserable. How, the whole, how, how, how come? Fucking, this fuck, I would, it's just like the most miserable conversation I've ever had to listen to. I didn't even participate. I was I'm so starved for interaction and attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until eight in the morning. Listening to Connor and Connor would be like, "So why, like, why did why? we lose? Why did we lose Vietnam?" And then fucking James act like doing the thing. Everyone's more annoyed by him than I am usually, but um, he's he keeps doing this thing where like he'll start out like he's an expert on the subject and like this conversation's moving very quickly, even if it's not a smart conversation. It's like moving it. A normal pace and then oh. he'll like stop everything and be like guys guys okay so the thing the uh. thing you have to understand about vietnam is like <laughs> uh in, in another one my favorite one the <laughs> kicker no, he'll, be like, he'll be like the thing you have to understand is it's it's really complicated and it's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> you just you're acting like you're gonna say something yeah what I, was I, that I, and so, like, uh, that's excruciating because, like, so excruciating. I, I, I fucking spent two years studying it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I could give you a thesis right now, but I really didn't think it was worth my time for the most part. But I was, I got kind of roped into it. And then the one that was really put me over the edge was, was asking, why is it bad when the stock market crashes? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I, I, I'm laughing at our friends, but it's like, you know, when you're up that late and you've been drinking for that long, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, but it was, somebody, somebody asked, uh, like, why is it bad if, if the stock market goes down? Like, what does that even mean? And and it's, I, I, I bet most people don't know that though. that's a reasonable it's, question. It's just such a fundamental thing though. It's like, where, that's where your money is. <laughs> That's where most people's money is, you know. It's like and, not most, if, most. Are most people heavily invested in the stock market? If you're, you're I mean, if you got a four hundred one k, you are. You know, like if you're if you're in a position yeah. where you have some sort of retirement fund. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, that was that was uh, <laughs> mind numbing because I'm just playing Smash with David, where it's like, oh yeah, it was that that conversation, and also just every ten seconds, one of you going, God fuck, okay, nice one, nice one, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was that was for it must have been for three or four hours because uh. we because <laughs> things were going well we were playing golf with friends and, and then David duped me into playing Smash with him <laughs> and then it was it was ridiculous but um yeah uh, and in case anybody was wondering 
um, the stock market prices going down is bad. And yes, we did lose Vietnam. And boy, is it complicated. Anyway. <laughs> great, uh, great talk. Yeah, with yeah, this is a development. Yeah, this isn't pertinent or related in any way to what we're about to discuss. Yeah, uh, what's what's what we are about to discuss is um, it's the summer of uh, making each other watch good things. Yeah, and, uh, doesn't it feel good? And uh, it's going all right so far, I think. Um, uh, out of out of the one that we've done, we'll see how this one turns out. <laughs> if we get if we go two for two, then hey, maybe we're on, maybe we're on to something. Yeah, yeah. But this week, uh, last week or last whenever we did the last one, I made you watch Girls Last Tour, and now you have made me watch two films. Yes. Um, one of them is an erotic dick hardening. Fuck fest that made me jerk off, and the other one was a movie called Belladonna of Sadness. <laughs> and that was the one joke I planned ahead of time, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, two, uh, uh, Perfect Blue. <laughs> I also, yes, I watched Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Hence the Satoshi Kon reference earlier. One of my favorite movies of any kind, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's it's a just just a beautiful psychological thriller film um, that I'm sure you'll you'll take us through or I can I don't really give a fuck. Uh, yeah, uh, it's um, so I uh, in preparing for this I was I almost just asked you like hey uh is this is this scary am I gonna be scared <laughs> because people um. I don't want to say it was like overhyped because I wasn't disappointed or anything, but the way people talk about this, I thought my psyche was going to be fucking destroyed and I was like putting off watching it because it was just, I didn't want my, my reality uh-huh. shattered <laughs> and just like it, no. image people. I thought it was going to be so like oppressive and, and like uh, just stressful that like it wouldn't even be enjoyable. And it wasn't uh, totally as world destroying as people make it sound, it's, it's, which I was kind of uh, glad about. It's less Tarkovsky and, and uh, much more Hitchcock, I'd say. It's, sure. not, it's just a classic kind of psychological thriller with those sorts of twists and turns. But um, the thing that makes it novel is just the, the sheer level of execution um, and the and Stokey Cohn's just masterful directorial style and his ability to... Uh, uh, his, his ability to frame characters in such a way and to get in and out of scenes in such a way that really puts you into a great mind state. It really has just an amazing atmosphere. Um, which yeah, sure. Satoshi Kon, this is like, the, I guess, the first thing of his I have seen, but I already, I know everything he likes because I've seen, I've seen like the trailer for Paprika and I've seen the opening of Paranoia Agent a whole bunch and... Uh-huh. There's, I know things he loves. He loves reality merging with fantasy. Yes. In a way that confuses you. He loves people laughing as they jump off of a roof. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It seems like everything. <laughs> and uh, he loves, um, um, uh, I guess, music that sounds like it's backwards. <laughs> so it, it really. I mean, his work has to do a lot with uh, with performance and um, acting and and entertainment media itself. So, like, Perfect Blue is a film about a a uh, like a, a, a J-pop idol basically who uh, is convinced to, to acting tra- transitions to acting and and like the 
the insanity of being in the limelight and co- current, always being under, you know, the, the eye and, and the public eye and stuff and your whole life being kind of put out and display, even in ways that you weren't even aware of. And Millennium Actress is a, a film about uh, another one of his works is about how you, when you take on a role and when you act in a role, you take on elements of the character that you take with you in your life. And then Paprika is, is about uh, like the unreality of dreams, you know, and, but that's also about filmmaking as well. If you see it, I don't want to talk too much about Paprika without mm-hmm. people having seen it. Millennium but Actress film. seems more chill. Yeah. It's uh, not as frantic yeah. as Perfect Blue or, or Paprika. Um, but really it, it's a lot of his work has to do with, with acting and theater and, and the facades that we put on and perfect blue is, is like kind of a thesis statement of his whole career. Really. It's that dichotomy between your public persona and your, who you are on the inside. Because like, I, again, if you want to go into the overall narrative really quick so we can talk about the themes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's about a lady named, uh, uh, me, Mimi, Mini. Wait, what was her name? Mima. Mima. Okay, Mima. sure. Um, and she is uh, a, a, he was she's an idol. Back when I guess they had old hag idol groups. Oh my old, god, of, of old ladies. Uh, I don't know why they're so fucking old. <laughs> it's, it looks weird. Don't seeing talk about my queen that way. They, just, they look. They look weird because, like, you got your you got your idol master, you got your love live, you got your AKB, whatever. Now, and just like seeing these women who look thirty, yeah, so like dancing and singing. Style isn't necessarily the most glamorous. I'd say he he likes the the kind of. Uh, I'd say his, his characters are inspired by traditionally attractive real people rather than attractive people inside of the anime art form you know Um, yeah and also yeah it's late late 90s animation so everything's hyper realistic Uh, yeah you know it looks looks like a cowboy bebop movie or anything else that came out in the 90s and people were watching this and being like yeah fuck moe dude because that was still a thing people (laughs) were people were angry about it's like you gotta fucking make your shit uh look like this is this is this is what they loved people who are angry about moe turns out uh, I, I love it too oh yeah i mean it's good uh, um so is she yeah she um she's she becomes big enough that she wants she, she uh she transitions into acting she quits her idol group uh 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 what are they called um cham cham <laughs> which is a good it's a good name for an idol group it's it's great like it would be totally i, I could yeah, absolutely see an idol group named cham you know what was the um the boy band that broke up? They were like BAMP or something. <laughs> uh so yeah, she 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 transitions into acting. Um, and then um oh SMAP. <laughs> SMAP. SMAP is such a funny name. They were they were active for like twenty five years. What the fuck? I mean rotating they, rotating cast, I'm sure. No, they were old, but they stopped in twenty sixteen. They were all what? old guys, I think. Yeah. SMAP. I think. Smap. Let's see. Because, yeah, no, there were only one, two, three, four, five, six past members. Wow. So. Yeah, Good for them. They're just old guys being a boy band. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, I guess if you're dudes, then you just, you just keep getting hotter. So it just keeps working. It's true. Um, working for me so far. 
<laughs> so then, uh, yeah, in the movie, and then, um, and then she she starts to, um, and then she starts to like get get to, like evidence that she's being like stalked, and um, then she kind of starts to lose it, and then people around her keep keep getting murdered, and then she loses it a whole lot more, um, and then it ends. All the while, her, her so so people around her are getting murdered, and um, this is also the the reality, like the lines be- between reality and fiction start to blend as uh, her role in this direct. So basically, she transitions into acting to start working on this TV show, and the TV show has a very um, dramatic rape scene in it, and her character is raped, and then that's kind of a linchpin moment where. Um, what she starts to perceive as real and fiction blend together. And she, and, and uh, that's conveyed to the audience in the way that things are presented maybe without context, you know, and like uh, you start to get dropped into scenes that are um, scenes that exist in the show, but she's perceiving them as if they're real. Um, yeah. The, the first like half of the movie is like set up and then, the second half is just like scene after scene of like, you're not sure if, um, you're not sure if like, she's projecting this like fictional scene onto herself or if she's like imagining it or if she's dreaming and it's uh, she's she's like, she ha- she's in this fragile mental state and also she's under the stress of like you know pr- like this this stalker situation and like this all this murder and she starts to like notice she projects like the similarities between the show and her life um and starts to imagine that it's it's uh uh oh god you you can't tell if she's taking on the is she going elements much- of the show or if she's projecting her own life into the show and they're yeah there's uh she's she's very confused the best, and then uh, the best scene to me or the scene that really ties it all together is when she um is taken to an apartment that is nearly identical to her own um by her manager and this is the the culmination of the film. If you don't want to be fucking spoiled, I'm sorry. We're talking about Perfect Blue. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the, the movie. Uh, it's not uh, even a long movie. I thought this was a long movie. It's an hour 20. Yeah, so... Like 80 something minutes. She gets taken to an apartment that looks nearly identical to her own. And it's the, an apartment owned by her manager, who is basically the one who's been um, acting out her fantasies through Mima, right? Like, the manager has been controlling her in such a way, and is ultimately the one who has been stalking her, you know? Yeah, well, you, and, you don't know that yet. <laughs> right. Well, and um, that's, that's a great mindfuck scene to me is, is being dropped into a place that is identical to the one that you already know with the tiniest little difference. And so the strength of this movie to me is, um, is in its direction and, and uh, its style. Like I'm, I'm, it's a great screenplay. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the screenplay, but Satoshi Kon has this amazing way of getting in and out of scenes with these like beautiful seamless transitions, and it's a story that you could tell in live action. It was going to be a live action movie, but then what? they they downed the budget and it, they had to make it animated. 
And it turns out when you make it animated, you can do some really fucking cool things. And, and um, just there are a lot of shots and compositions and ideas that would not translate into live action, you know, at least in my perception. Like We should watch the shot. live action movie. Can Is I there a live action? Oh, yeah. I would totally watch that. Um, but there's a, a a shot where Mima is just looking out her window after realizing that uh, someone has been blogging as her, like someone's been writing a blog from her perspective, which is horrifying because you know she's a public figure and someone has been adopting her persona and made a web page. She doesn't care at first. She's like she's such an airhead at the beginning. She's like, ah, this is funny. And that's another thing of it is that, is that as a character, she's not she's kind of being moved through her career by her manager anyway, you know, like her life yeah. to a degree is controlled by her manager. So the idea that, you know, extending that out further to where the manager is, wants to be her or has this kind of desire to inhabit her life, you know, is uh, really conceptually interesting. Um, but I, I love Mima as a character uh, because she's just totally unprepared to deal with any of this. You know, she doesn't have any skills skills to do her. She's, you know, a performer. But as a person, she's really quite simple. Like, and that is in like an idiot, but she doesn't, she doesn't have much going on in her life outside of her work, you know? And, and uh, when it starts intruding into her life, like the very, cause like her, her apartment is very girly. She has, she has like stuffed animals and things. And, and there's almost a kind of arrested development behind it, but she's not, really equipped to deal with this insane shit that happens to her. Yeah, it seems like she doesn't have any friends. Right. Well, uh, there, there And was, every time something horrible happens to her, like, she doesn't do anything. She's just like, isn't that bad? And the manager's like, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, what is she supposed to do? You know, like, she, she's Well, at just, one point, a bomb gets mailed to her, and she's like, shouldn't we call the police? And everyone's like, yeah, probably not. Like, at the beginning, they have to like the what you know and the, the writing has to kind of go to a to a crazy length to make it even possible for this to happen to her because like something literally explodes and almost kills someone and they just no one does anything about it you know yeah and so uh oh, no, i'll give it i'll give it that because it's it, you know it is fiction and it is establishing a world that she exists in you know mm-hmm. uh, excuse me <clears throat> I feel like I've just been ranting for a bit now. You can you can go ahead and. Uh, um, you've never seen this before. What did you think? <laughs> you know, uh, it it was good. I mean, it was about um, it's about what I expected. I uh, I didn't the really the one thing that, that caught me off guard was uh was the ending in how not uh in how not ambiguous it is. It's yes. uh it's that ending is uh is insane in how completely not insane it is. I can't believe she, I mean, the, she literally looks straight at the camera and, and it's the last line of the movie. She, she goes, I guess I was real after all. And yeah. it's like, holy shit, Satoshi. I didn't think you were going to spell it out that clearly. Cause there's a point in this movie where, um, like, you know, it keeps starting out these scenes and, um, and, and, um, it's, it'll start out scenes that seem like, uh, uh, the part of the drama but then it wasn't it'll start out scenes that scenes that seem like part of her life and then it, it's it's uh it's, it's being filmed and it'll it'll then someone will shout cut and uh and at one point it seems like the, the movie's gonna end with uh like this revelation that this whole time she's actually been 
imagining herself as this actress and the character in the TV show is actually who she really is. And she's just created this fictional world where she's this idol turned actress to deal with the fact that she was raped. And then it turns out that was a double red herring because the first red herring was, is her retarded creepy stalker guy. Yes. Who um, is in the first scene and he like punches some delinquents who are causing trouble at her uh, at her show and i feel like um, we just totally forgot to mention the stock yeah e-, e mania whatever his name me- is me mania me mania which is uh, a not so subtle reference to he's, he's oh is it it's reference well it's 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 referencing the fact that it is it's it's me mania but when as she's perceiving it you know it's mania about her you know it, sure know. um hmm. but uh also that's not a name i don't know if that's like his screen name or something Sure, I think it's his handle or whatever. This yeah. is like early internet days. Like somebody comes over and sets up, or manager comes over and sets up her computer. Teaches her, her what URLs are. And she's, she's I'm not so good it. with computers. Cut to fucking, cut, cut to fucking Sailor Moon holding the the, the fucking, yeah. The I'll let desk. I'll have you know I'm not good with computers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's so like the, he's like always around for. I guess he is actually he is actually a stalker, but. Um, I kind of figured, like, uh, uh, I guess it could have been a reverse red herring where, because usually in these movies, like, the obviously fucked up retarded stalker either ends up being just a, a diversion or, like, he's actually just a good guy and he just looks weird and he was actually uh, just uh, fine the whole time. And uh, and uh, it turns out he was, he was not fine, but he, was be- he had these delusions that were being fed to him by the the writer of of this blog, he was not right. the one writing it. He's just a gullible retarded guy, yeah. and uh, and and the lady who is turns out to be her manager writing this blog is convincing him that she's like a doppelganger that has taken over. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Mima Mima's place and uh, is tarnishing her image. So he's 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 been tricked. He's out for vengeance. Yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. it's really. Uh... There, there are very few people in this. There, I think there's one person in the whole movie. There's like another manager or something. I don't quite recall who he is, who has her best interests at heart, but she's pretty much at the whim of people who want to use her as a piece, you know, where the director is like, obviously she's uncomfortable with the rape scene, but the director continues to go with it anyway. Um, and she, I mean, none of, she doesn't, um, she, she doesn't really express any, any uncomfortable uncomfortableness that was that was really only she doesn't want to do it in private but to her uh manager she's like that's fine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um but like and that's she, why she starts to think that uh like this um this this blog page is like her alternate personality or something because it is actually expressing some thoughts that that she has but is is uh keeping us uh, uh suppressed deep down and and that's that's another element of the movie that's really great it is her like her internal thoughts are externalized through this fucking you know through, through this web page this is it she has no real life at that point because even her real life is fictionalized through this web page and and um it's just a horrible situation to be in where there is no privacy for you you know and and uh it's just a character that you just lament that kind of lifestyle. Like you just hate to imagine yourself in that situation. 
Um, I don't know what the title of the film that means necessarily, but it's, it, it does really. What, what's perfect blue. But it quite, uh, it quite succinctly captures it. I don't know. It, it captures <laughs> the, the feeling of it, you know. Maybe it's, it's probably just from the book. It's probably some metaphor that they couldn't put in uh, in film form without like a narrator. Uh, yeah, I just, it, again, it, it's kind of like the thesis of Satoshi Kon's work as a whole is the blending of reality and fiction and what even is your personal life anyway? What is your real life outside of work? Um, and you know, giving yourself over to something completely, which is an element that is, you know, captured again in Paprika, um, is allowing yourself to be completely consumed by something. Uh, and what does that mean for you? And like, what are you giving up? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Again, it's 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 a it's it's a, an experience, really, which is a, you know, kind of a cop out to say, but when you're watching the movie, you're putting put through these like perfectly timed and paced twists and turns that it's kind of a, it's just an unnerving watch, you know, and it culminates in a, a, a very Satoshi Kone kind of surreal sequence where she's being chased down by her manager who's trying to kill her. Um, yeah, just a super effective, I, I'd say masterful animated film uh, that that is able to do things that you can't do in live action, or you wouldn't have been able to do well at the time in live action. Uh, like there's again, like uh, there, the sh- and there's so much like in the way of like production design. Like there's so much texture to this movie. Like the locations that they go to feel like real locations. Like that her stalker, whose name eludes me right now. The 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 uh, the mania, me mania. His apartment is a room just stacked to the brim with photos and, and like general uh, fandom images of Cham and of, of, uh, of Mima. And he's got this computer and just like the way that Satoshi Kone frames him and, you know, isolates him in this room surrounded by images of her is, is just amazing. Um, yeah. And I, I hear people say, I was like, man, I wish Satoshi Kone got to make a live act, a live action movie. And it's like, why would you want to see a Satoshi Kone live action movie? Because he's already doing such great work in animation, you know, and I don't feel like there's anything missing by his films being animated, you know? Yeah. He, uh, he had, he got, he had, he got budgets. You can do, yeah. you can do whatever. Oh, yeah, it seems like it looks nuts. Uh, Satoshi Kone's dead. Yeah. He died in fucking 2010, which is just awful. Oh, yes because we were deprived of that man had another fucking 30 years of life in front of him, you know, like, and uh, it's just a shame that, I, it, but that also makes his movies that much more precious, you know, where like you, you watch Paprika and it feels, it feels like a, the work of a very mature. And um, uh, there's something about Japanese filmmakers and Japanese animators where they never give up that kind of feeling of wonder and amazement. Cause like American filmmakers, when they reach their prime and are making their best work, it, it feels like they forget that they're doing a once in a lifetime thing. You know, like they're, they're just, there's something lost in the magic of it. And Satoshi Kone never lost that magic in his films. Uh, I guess his career was pretty short, you know, like really his film career started with that, that, uh, that film memories he did a piece of that and mm-hmm. then ends with and then ends with paprika 
Um, so it's only over the span of like a, like a decade or something, but there's this kind of wide eyed wonder to it. And like, I can do anything I want as an animator. I'm not shackled to this form and there's less of a need for precision. And, um, I don't know. I just wish we could have gotten more from him. It's a damn shame that we only have four feature films to him, to his name, you know? Um, but I'll have to watch the show Paranoia Agent at some point and, and uh, really round it out. But just loved his work, man. He's a great director. Yeah. I I wonder how Paranoia Agent is. I haven't heard, never really heard anyone talk about liking it. Uh, um, yeah. People will cover it at some point. Maybe. Um, what else happens in, in this movie? What else did I say here? Um the soundtrack it's a lot of like industrial noises and there's yeah. also that one theme that's all backwards and creepy but then um my favorite note that i t- that i took while watching this movie is uh, i wrote uh, every time someone gets murdered or raped in this movie the music makes me feel like i have to fight a mini boss in a dance club <laughs> it's like all the the whole movie is like paranoia and like choo, 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 choo. and yeah. then like some fucking action starts and it's like late 90s baby yeah yeah that was that era um yes oh and uh guy's voice ends up being very silly that made me laugh in a scene that probably shouldn't have made me laugh because he's raping her but he's like hey get over here and then he snaps a belt did you listen to, did you watch dub, dubbed or subbed? Subbed. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay, because there is a dub for this. I've never seen it. I know. I, I watched the first five seconds of the dub and went, whoops. <laughs> um, uh, so. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the, the beginning of the movie is, is uh, it's fucking awesome because it like, it, there's this kind of like Sentai show happening or something. You don't, you don't it's establishing the place of like where Cham exists, you know, where they're coming immediately after the Sentai show at like an entertainment center or something where you can understand why she fucking leaves Cham behind. But also that's another thing is that running parallel to her whole story is she leaves Cham and Cham immediately blows up, you know, like Cham is like, yeah, like not like in a, like they blows up in a semi realistic way where like they they do better they get like 86th on the charts you know yeah it's, it's not like they're immediately uh the the you know the most popular band in the country if, if i got if like i that. went from performing at malls to being 86 on the charts i'm calling that blowing up right um, yeah it's like she's like already stressed about leaving because she's not sure about her path as an actress and yeah they immediately start doing better which is probably is just serves to to fuck her her brain up more yeah i I, this is uh i I cannot adequately convey this movie (laughs) i i'm I'm drunk and i really just use this as an excuse to make you watch it just because i think more people seeing perfect blue is a good thing that's not an excuse that's the whole podcast yeah um but uh i i i'm just enamored with his style and and his ability to to direct and Create images. We should talk about Belladonna of Sadness now, which is also erotic. Um, that's true. 
So uh, don't I, don't let go of your dicks yet, guys. I oh, I should we should we should go out uh, on that Cham song, but now I can't find it. I googled Cham song, and it just gives me some weird Latino music video. Um, what's there's probably listed? Oh, uh, there it's not in the hmm. I'll find it at some point. Yeah. Um, really can't stress enough. That ending is just like, wow. I, the ending yeah. made me think does about it, like uh, music. Does it end on pop music or something? It cuts. Yeah. It cuts to credits and then they play you. It sounds, I don't know if it's a real pop song or just like another cham song they recorded, but yeah, it's basically just like an idol song. I um, love that about it. <laughs> it's, so, it's so silly. It's like, I was, it made me think about like if the ending of Mandy was like, Nicholas Cage is in the car and he looks straight at the camera and he's like, ah, I guess I was simply on LSD the whole time. <laughs> and the movie ends. Tell me that would make Mandy fucking lit though. <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like I liked that about the last time I watched it. Cause I remembered being like, this is, this is a silly way to end the movie, but um, yeah, it's like this, you know, this merging of reality and, and fiction. And then it's like, oh, it's, we fixed it. We killed the I, fat bitch. Or I guess she's alive. She's just. Crazy. I think. I think that's kind of Satoshi Kone, though. Like Satoshi Kone, um likes taking you on the, these adventures and then just placing you back into your seat. <laughs> you know, he just he just sets you down into your seat, nice and cozy, and and is like it was an entertainment piece. Like I, happy I make, endo. I make entertaining movies. You know, like I'm not, and and and. Um, he's not this super pretentious kind of filmmaker. Again, like that's part of the thing I like about him is that, is that level of whimsy. And also like, you're going to watch a Sakoshi Ko movie and some crazy shit's going to go down, but you're going to have a good time, you know? And, and uh, yeah, just, he doesn't seem up super up his own ass. And, and uh, even though he could be like, he has the level of talent to where if he wanted to be super up his own ass the entire time, I would forgive him, but he seems to have a sense of humor. You know, which is great. Seemed to have, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. So, um, yeah, and I also watched 30 minutes of Belladonna of Sadness. You didn't finish it? I fell asleep. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I got the idea, I think. Sure, sure. It's uh, it's the 70s, and we're, and, uh, we're all hippies, and we... Uh, uh, we're and and combining hyper violence and uh, explicit sex is very new and crazy to us. And also, we're on drugs. Yeah. Or in in the case of Japan, we were watching movies by people who were on drugs. Yeah, yeah. We saw Yellow Submarine, and that shit was nuts. We saw El Topo, and we're like, damn. We should do one of them. We should do, yeah. What if we drew one of those? What if we did an El Topo? <laughs> El Topo. Uh, yeah, Bella, Belladonna of Sadness. What's a Belladonna? Belladonna? I believe it's like a melodramatic heroine. Okay. Bella, Belladonna uh, Dictionary, let's see. It's a feature film produced by the Japanese animation studio Mushi Production. A Belladonna oh. is a drug prepared from the leaves and root of a deadly nightshade. Interesting. All right. Um, yeah, 1973. Uh, directed by Aichi Yamamoto. He, uh, oh God, he directed Odin Photon Sailor Starlight. He directed that Kimba. 
was directed, that the she directed that Astro Boy? Oh, that's the movie that everyone hates. That's like two and a half hours long that we were gonna watch, but it was so fucking long. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, uh, Belladonna of Sadness. It's a it's a psycho a psychedelic erotic high fantasy film. Um, yeah, it's um it's a watercolor slideshow. Yes, yeah, it's like a, it's like a today. Today, this yes, sometimes this, today it might be called like it, it might be called like a semi picture drama, um, but it's yeah, it's it's very watercolory. Uh, they got seventies lady faces in this one. I got one up right now. It's, they got <laughs> drawings of ladies in the seventies had that face. They just got they got calm eyes with a whole bunch of fucking eyeliner. A lot of lip. lips. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 very uh, square jaws. Rectangular jaws. It's kind of like I don't know. I feel like this this style evolved into the things that you would see on the side of vans. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like these people evolved and they li- started listening to like Iron Maiden and then started doing like. I mean, there were plenty of vans before 1973. You sure, know, sure, sure, sure. 60s, early 70s. Um, yeah. So it's it's a it's a, a film about um a, a woman who gets basically seduced by Satan. It's uh, uh yeah, it's it's France. You live in France, eventually you're gonna be seduced by Satan. It's true, it's true. Yeah, I so I saw this uh because it was at my local in my local art house theater. Oh wow. And uh I got to see a digital restoration. It was not right. Film. I think I watched the restoration. Yeah, it got to gotta get that got that badoo day. Yeah, it's it's not necessarily uh it's another difficult movie to talk about because it is very much about the experience, but it's a particularly, it's a unique looking movie. And it, and it's like you said, it's not the most animated. It's a series of watercolor images that are sometimes animated. Yes. A lot of uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like sparsely colored, but very, you know, very splotchy, very watercolory. Yeah. And I just, I love the aesthetic. It's very it's simple, so simple line art. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so again, it's a story about uh, these newlyweds who are—they're um, newlyweds, and obviously, fucking the the local baron takes his prima nocta and rapes her, <laughs> and they try. To they, try don't have, to, they don't have enough cows. They try to leave it behind them, but uh, unfortunately, the guy cannot do it. So uh, yeah, well, yeah, I um. Speaking of movies that just uh, you're not sure what's real and what's not, it starts out like, all right, we're going to get over this. We're going to get through this. And then he just chokes her. And then a few minutes later, uh, she comes back. She watches him like uh, just like from the afterlife for a while. And then he becomes the town tax collector. And then she's like, all right, I'm back. I'm back now. I li- yeah. I'm, I got better. It's the kind of thing that your favorite doom metal band sings about. Um <laughs> Is it? It's it's like stoner metal, doom metal. Not that this is that's like that kind of music is used in this movie, but yeah, no, the music's very. Who did this music? How did, I wonder if this is, all this music is just like stolen. It's crazy that just some Japanese guy would make eighty six minutes of of uh, psychedelic like rock for uh, for a movie. But I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. He, there, there's this one um, sequence in the movie that you wouldn't have gotten it to, but there's a sequence where she makes a pact with Satan in order to be imbued with power 
and she Satan rips her in half with his cock, and that's pretty cool. Well, she, uh, at first she got ripped in half with the with the Baron or Emperor or King's cock or whatever. Does that happen yeah, again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so she just keeps. Yeah, I was, I was like, you know, I was like twenty some minutes in. I was like, all right, this is just like her whining and getting raped. <laughs> it's like it just keeps happening. She's always she's just talking. Just stuff's happening, and then everything is just like kind of. Uh, like everything is just like talking to her and like convincing her to do stuff. And also she's like moaning. Uh, so that's, that's like a theme. Um, what else did I write here? Um, oh, I love this pigeon that has sunglasses on. Hold on. <laughs> let me, where did I put? Oh, look at that little, Oh, so great. Waiting for it to pop up on my screen here. We need um, to start having you share you almost, with me. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to wait a few seconds, but I can't be streaming that much. It's, it's too, we already got too many moving parts, uh, but I love that pigeon. You almost miss it, but uh, yeah, they put that in there. Um, I don't know. You're the expert. What else? What, what, uh, what else happens? Uh, uh, well, so, well, this was not my first choice for the movie that we're going to watch this time. Unfortunately, we, we were unable to watch Weathering with you. Which is something that I've seen. Well, you were able to a while ago, but I wasn't because right. the Blu-ray is not out yet, and I can't go to, down to my local Blu-ray shop and pick it up. Uh, at at uh, again at my local in my local art house theater, I was able to see Weathering with You, a huge blockbuster film. Um, yeah, again, this is a movie I enjoy mostly, actually exclusively for its stylistic chops, uh, more so than any sort of investment in the narrative itself. Um, there are themes here of um, dealing with your your partner having been in previous sexual relationships, um, and that's very seventies. You know, like that's very in line with early seventies. Um, which people talk about the early seventies as being kind of an extension of the sixties, but oh, the early seventies is what people think the sixties was. Absolutely right. Right. The sixties were like the the like the first half of the seventies was actually the sixties. Yeah, like the very late sixties were. Well, it's so the early sixties. The early sixties is just the fifties. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. the early fifties, like uh, uh, electric guitars are still an anomaly. The sixties were like sixty-five to seventy-five, maybe seventy-eight. Yes, this is factual. Yeah, because like. If you're in '62, you were listening 70s, to surf rock, my guy. The, the, the '70s were actually '77 to '82. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, '70s were very short. Thank God, not a great I just, one. I just love this this aesthetic. I just love the, the whole everything about the way that this this movie looks and is. I love the patina of it. I love. It's just this this strange, fucking peculiar piece of work that came out of 1973. And uh, I, I love that you have a, a, an animated film that is specifically for adults and has adult themes and is just a, a fucking real trip. If Because a lot of movies are, are billed. I guess this is really why this movie appeals to me is that a lot of movies are billed as being psychedelic in nothing is psychedelic for enough for my taste. You know, <laughs> uh, if you look at it, it's like Holy Mountain, Holy Mountain. That's a psychedelic that was, movie. Yeah. Psychedelic, that's a psychedelic movie. Yeah. Belladonna of Sadness is a psychedelic movie. Yeah. What anything else. What any, pisses you off? It's not fucking, it's not trippy enough. Let's, let's look at the list of psychedelic movies. 
I mean, it's yeah, you know, it like it'll list movies with psychedelic elements that like are sort of yeah. Okay, let's see. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean, not really. It's psychedelic themed. Right. Pie. Pie. Not a psychedelic movie. Yeah, I mean that's psychological, not really. Yeah. It's like schizophrenic, not psychedelic. Daisy's the the what is that a, a Czech or Russian film? Is it Polish? Maybe. Daisies. Oh, let's see. What the fuck? Where is this? Fuck. Check. Yeah, that, that's Daisies. Not psychedelic. <laughs> Belladonna of Sadness. Oh yeah, very psychedelic. Is and, that and in the list? Are you just yes? And that yeah. is that is the level of psychedelic that I want in my work. I want insane. I, I want. Um, there, there's when you're watching Belladonna of Sadness. It, it's, uh, it's. I googled list of psychedelic movies, and the fourth, fifth one listed is the Animatrix. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think this is what I what I want. It just evokes that kind of. Um, oh yeah, no, it it nails. Uh, yeah, it gets it. It's psychedelic aesthetics are cool. I think I, I think that's a cool thing. I, I I like it when things use this particular style and feeling and evoke this kind of hallucinogenic state you know mm-hmm. um and I, I think there was like a summer in like 2015 or 2016 where i was absolutely starving for something psychedelic i wanted something trippy god damn it <laughs> you know and that's mm-hmm. not a crime i want things <laughs> that, are, that are mind-bending like like the, like beyond the black rainbow no i say no you don't think so the black rainbow. no sir what there's one sequence there's uh one sequence. yeah i guess yeah Altered states. That's a psychedelic movie. Altered states. You know, um, and, and it does. I mean, that's like. Um, there's a yeah. I don't know. There are there are movies that like evoke the the feeling of being on psychedelics, and then there's movies that are just nuts. Like, um, uh, altered states doesn't try to replicate like a, a, an actual altered state no. it's just like totally surreal like it's it's like um it's like holy premonitions rather than just being on drugs it but it does not, it insanely well in altered states beyond just like um i, I even the things that in in the movie that are straight even the things in that movie that are you know uh p- pretty coherent and per- perceived as normal are disassociated like the filmmaking style behind that movie outside of those dream sequences is still a little distant and you feel like you're looking into the life of somebody who is going through these insane hallucinogenic experiences that you would never be able to comprehend like the like and i I love that about that movie and like this is to me belladonna of sadness exists in the pantheon of psychedelic films it's it's up there with like holy mountain and and altered states it's like the greatest psychedelic films i've ever seen you know is is uh and it's it's a it's a genre that you could you you really can't put your finger on you know it's it's hard to really convey what that means but Belladonna of Sadness evokes it perfectly. And again, it's probably it's a film made by people that I'm sure have never taken psychedelics before, but I love that about it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you can, yeah, you can just, you can do that if you're good at making stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a, another thing that I love about it so much is the, is the setting of it is, um, 
I say sword and sorcery, but it's it's a a, a Renaissance almost era um, time and place, you know, and it reminds me of like that that kind of era of when when swords and sorcery were cool when uh people when knights were cool you know because i don't think knights have been cool in a very long time you know uh when you would ring it read about king arthur <laughs> and it, it, it's a simpler time in my eye again like I'm, this might be totally uninformed but wait which like, time which time the 70s or the, the actual the setting of the movie the 70s like like you know the 70s are a time like it's that era right before dungeons and dragons i think or maybe like very early D D. I think D D's 80s um, I'm not entirely sure. No, D and D started earlier than maybe got uh, popular in the '80s. But that's it's that kind of area era of fantasy I like a lot. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like I've just been rambling about stuff that I think is cool. But yeah, I think Bella, I think Belladonna of Sadness is fucking rad. Uh, regardless of whether or not, it, obviously, it put you to sleep. But the aesthetic elements of it and where it's coming from as a piece of media that is made, I think is cool. Ooh, original D&D, 1974. This movie could have inspired D&D. Right, it, but it's coming from that place before, like, before your fantasy got super dark. Obviously, this film has rape in it, right? This is, yeah, this is a... But no, I'm, I'm saying, like, the aesthetic of fantasy got dark. Like, you're not dealing with, like, grody goblins and orcs and shit. You're dealing with, you know, barons who are these these monolithic dark figures, you know? It's it's uh, more ethereal than than your your dark kind of fantasy characters are now. I'd say. Sure. So what what uh, else happens that's like uh like it's like fantasy like you know like because they're just sort of like there's sort of people in this village or whatever. A lot of that comes when she starts to consort with the devil. I'd say <laughs> um, she goes up to his his castle or whatever, and uh, she ultimately pulls one over on the devil, uh, which is pretty fucking cool like she she um is able to seduce satan and convince him to give her her his powers and in doing so is able to then exhort you know enact her will upon the land that is Uh, another very fantasy like uh psychedelic metal thing is like it's like it's like high fantasy and also the devil right yeah it's very it's very of that of that time it's cool yeah um I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's an era that had a whole lot more left in it, and maybe it's fine. Maybe the, maybe Belladonna of Sadness is enough. Maybe the things of this era that evoke that are enough, you know. But I feel like there's more to be tapped here as far as sword and sorcery that's psychedelic. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, she gets raped by Satan, and that's just super cool. And then she pulls, and is that how she pulls one over on? Yeah, yeah, actually it is. Yeah, that, that, that sequence is particularly astonishing. Um, just like the symbolic things like that are on screen and how that's conveyed, I think is particularly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, she ends up sparking. She ends up sparking the French Revolution because she she gets murdered at the end as a witch. Oh, yeah, um, I read that part at the end of the. Yeah. yeah, she ends up getting murdered as a witch, but her her essence lives on, and then that allows her to still act upon the world and have her will carried out. Uh, uh, it's like Madoka, but, but, uh, but bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, 
I'm, I'm glad that this exists because it scratched an itch for me that had not been scratched in a long time. I would say the last time that something had really scratched that itch was, as I said, altered states. Oh um, yeah, no, not, there's not a lot that's gonna, uh, yeah, it's gonna scratch this particular itch. But I want sure. a thousand of them. I want a million of them. You know, I want to be able to watch. I want to be able to watch an altered states every day until I die, you know, <laughs> where where it uh, really puts you in that other kind of surreal headspace, and and, and also Perfect Blue, where it's like uh, when you watch Perfect Blue, or at least when I watch Perfect Blue, I see it and I'm like, I want to be able to see one of these every day until I die, like a movie of this quality, like a piece of media that evokes this feeling this well, and um. You just don't get to do it. And when you find one, you want to share it, you know, and like Belladonna have said, this is something I want to share because if you're like a person who is into psychedelic media and is into trippy stuff and trippy imagery, um, or even if you're somebody who blocks at that, just, it's still worth watching just for the aesthetic qualities of it. And, um, again, not enough of them get made. You don't get one of them a year. You get one of them every decade, you know? And, uh, yeah, cherish him when you got him, man. Wow. Fucking deep, bro. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I have neat. Check it out. Check it out when you're uh, getting enough sleep and then check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. Tell me if you don't like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Just tell me why. I'm not saying this to you, Deck. I'm saying this to anybody who does yes. watch this. But you have to tell us. You have to if tell us. If you don't tell us, we're going to know. That's that's the agreement that we make when we make this podcast. Is if anybody hears this, you are obligated contractually to message us and tell us what you thought. You're now bound to a death rate where yeah, you do that's not why watch. we don't. That's why we don't have a Patreon. Is you have to pay us with con with uh, feedback. Oh, right, send me a thesis. Tell me why you think Belladonna of Sadness is garbage. Minimum nine thousand words. Annotated cover page. Yep, footnotes. Tell me. I'll, I'll respond. I mean, I want until I want external stimuli as much as the next man. God damn it! Maybe, maybe this is the most intellectually devoid piece of shit ever. I don't know. I won't know until somebody tells me. You know. Um. I don't know. What else you got, man? Um. What else do I got? Um. I don't know. The only notes I took on this movie were about the pigeon. And the other one was this king or emperor sure has a big meaty cock. So it is a it is a beefy beefy sausage rod for sure. Bear with me for one second. I'm gonna go pee. Split it wide open. When I come back, I'm gonna talk about Vampire's Kiss for a bit. Oh yeah, you want you rewatched Vampire's Kiss. And right, I'm back. You rewatched uh, Vampire's Kiss. I did. I did rewatch. Speaking Vampire's of Kiss. speaking of once in a decade movies, let's talk about a once in a lifetime. <laughs> experience it is it is it's it's uh i again that's another thing where you seek out that kind of rush that kind <laughs> of thrill again and you'll never find it my man and delivers it he delivers the rush it's uh the vampire's kiss um beerman i believe vampire's kiss you think he knew that that script was shit and he just wanted to make it as entertaining as possible so he just just decided, fuck it, I'm going to destroy this well, movie. Here, here, here's the thing, is that, first of all, Vampire's Kiss is intentional. I can say this now. It was intentional I, from the get-go? I can say factually that I think that this movie is by design the way that it is. It's crazy to think that 
that existed in the early 80s or whatever that was? It's late 80s. 89? 1989. Okay. I just don't like you think you know, you see things from the 80s and 90s, and you're like, wow, Iron Age just didn't exist. No one had any self-awareness at all. Vampire's Kiss, it often gets wrapped up in in conversations of best bad movies. Um, it, it's a, a film that is horribly misunderstood. And uh, it is entirely aware of what it is and it does such a good job of it that people forget. And that people forget that there is intent behind it because it's it's Nick Cage acting insane for, what is it, an hour and 45 fucking yeah book, book how could you three. how could you make a how could you make a a satire that deep and you know there's no way anyone expected anybody to get it people don't even understand fucking verhoven movies i was gonna say the most, another the example most, starship the, troopers the most, starship troopers is on the nose fucking like satire that's like rubbing your fucking face in it uh right you know, robocop I, I, is so cheesy fucking starship troopers is so cheesy uh it's just uh ridiculous and it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna make vampires kiss i'm gonna make i'm gonna make a comedy film without any jokes <laughs> <laughs> and instead all of the comedy and the thing is is that there are there's only one one character in the entire movie is providing all of the drama and also all of the comedy it's nick cage nick cage carries the entire movie it's well obviously cage. yeah Right, um, but there are no other characters who are even in on it a little bit, except for his therapist, I suppose. Therapist character has a little bit of, uh, she gets to have a little bit of gravitas at times and, and really amp things up. But yeah, like there's his his like secretary who is just torturing the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, but Alva, Alva, <laughs> uh, it's she plays it completely straight. Mm-hmm, she plays yeah. it like and and her brother who ultimately ends up murdering Nick Cage plays completely straight but it's again i think i think the pulling off one of the funniest movies i've ever seen without a single joke in it is an achievement and it, again nick cage is like a meme actor now i suppose he's been a meme actor for two decades now you know where oh, it's like this discord's breaking down oh can you hear me hello i can hear you but you're robot robo we here hopefully on the it doesn't sound, hopefully it doesn't sound like this in the recording it will because bummer oh, Am I here? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? My, yep. I, I, yeah. It seems like I'm chopping in now. I can hear you. Okay. So sort of. Nick Cage has been a meme actor for two two decades now, and everyone thinks me, Nick Cage sucks uh, because he he plays things way over the top um, without understanding why Nick Cage plays things way over the top. I mean, people like him now, but yeah, as as a meme, and he's just getting roles as a meme, like in Mandy. That was right. the one thing I that was the thing I didn't really like about Mandy is that they're clearly just utilizing his memeage in in for whole movies now. So when it should be totally straight, like in or I mean, Vampire's Kiss is the opposite if, of straight. If, if, yeah, I mean, if you made something as over the top as Vampire's Kiss, now it would be seen obviously as intentional because of his meme status. Right. Uh, but but, but he's doing that shit in '89. You yeah, know, yeah. like, and he's always been doing this, and it's like you watch something, you watch something like Face Off too, which is, I mean, in the in the pantheon of of Nick Cage films, it's like up there at the top are Vampire's Kiss and Face Off, like those are his greatest works. And in Face Off, he does that little shrug after shooting that that agent and tossing her out of the airplane. 
and he has this beautiful amazing comedic timing and this physicality to him which is all over vampire's kiss where he does these so over the top hilarious actions he he could have been if he was a comic actor, he would have been the best comic actor of his age for sure. And there's no doubt in my mind. And, and <laughs> I don't, he just, he has this amazing physicality to him. And um, I thought I was, I was concerned the vampire's kiss wouldn't hold up. You know, I was watching it with two people that had never seen it before. And my mind was racing and I'm like trying to go through all the good movements in the movie. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, this is, is this one of those movies good. that you watch cause it's funny, but then it's like, Oh, right. And 90% of this is boring. But no, oh, Nine Vampires Kiss is gold the entire time. Nice. From start to finish, every second of the movie is entertaining. <laughs> and um, it delivered. And people, you know, who hadn't, it was a shared experience in that I got to live vicariously through people who had never seen it before. And again, Vampire, it's it's a movie that curses you. It's the curse that you that you get into when you consume stuff that's fucking sick, is that you'll never find that stuff that's sick again. Or if you do, it's very rare, you know, and, and, now, I don't know if there is another movie like Vampire's Kiss, really. Because yeah, I guess a- apparently, you, I, apparently Deadfall does not hold up. He's not in that movie as much. Yeah, he's like in like 20 minutes of of, of Deadfall. Doesn't but. he get his face shoved in a deep fryer? Yes, that's how he dies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, like if you look at... Like, here, here, here's what Hal Henson of Washington Post had to say. He said it was stone dead bad, incoherently bad. But Cage's overacting must be seen to be believed. Motherfucker, do you think that's maybe the goddamn entire point of the fucking movie? How could you have known back then? He's not even a, like an extremely well-known. I, well, was that after like I know Raising Arizona is like 90s. Leaving Las Vegas is later than that. No, uh, Arizona is earlier than that. Okay, uh, so yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. This is after Raising Arizona, which he was, like, he was like nominated for like an Oscar, wasn't he? Or did he win something? I'm not one entirely award sure. Um, but like, it's just, uh, it's just some of the best. Like, it's like a cult classic movie that really lives up to its reputation, you know? And, and um, yeah, you just think about movies that you'll never be able to experience for the first time again. And that's one that I'd love to see again for the first time. It, it, and I feel like a lot of people have probably ruined it for themselves by seeing like, clips of it on in Nick Cage videos, which is fine. It's still there's still so much other good shit in that movie that, you know, having seen A, B, C, D, like doesn't mm-hmm. undercut the overall quality of it at all. Um, what else was I thinking about? I would th- just but sometimes you just be thinking, you know? Yeah. One of my favorite things to do every uh, uh, is I, I love reading bad screenplays. Uh-huh. And uh, they release, you know, they they release that uh, like blacklist of like the best screenplays that haven't been picked up by a studio or director sure, sure. yet every year. And I always love reading those because every script, every screenplay is like either like, oh please, goddamn Nolan, suck my fucking, I'll suck your dick, please just read my fucking screenplay. Oh god, Nolan, sure, please. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, or it's like this is a movie about a woman who uh, says course. who says who dares to say on the internet that pussy is valid and then gets a. Uh, Gets harassed by by uh, by uh, by anonymous <laughs> by anonymous incel uh, terrorists. Um, so I love I love those, but uh, I, I did that's that one I read of, about that is about Nicolas Cage playing himself, and he he gets paid by a rich Mexican guy to just go to his birthday party, um, 
and then ends up working for the CIA to take down a drug lord was pretty funny, actually, because Nicolas Cage <laughs> is talking to a younger version of himself and like his younger version of himself is like the overacting one who's like crazy and like trying to convince him to do crazy stuff. And he's like, he's making out with the younger version of himself. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, he, he enters his own mind and he's on the cast of, he's on the set of, he's on the mirror set from, from face off. And he has to shoot his, he has to shoot young cage. Oh, that's pretty good. And meta then, meta uh, narrative. Wow. Yeah. And there's, there's like a scene where like, he, cause like he ends up, like he, you know, this Mexican guy, like he, he pays him like a shit ton of money just to, to hang out with him at his, for, uh, for his birthday. And he like, he's like really weirded out by him at first, but he needs the money to pay alimony. <laughs> and so he goes yeah. down and he like, he hates this guy, but then they start talk- talking about German expressionism for hours and they end up like smoking weed on a cliff and, and jumping off a cliff into the rain, uh, in the rain. This is, rain. A, this is unfortunately very similar to that interview movie. Interview? My- yeah, the, the interview with fucking James Franco and uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, where oh, the, where they go. oh, with uh, oh, Ruth Kim Jong. Yeah. 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 I think uh, this one's a bit more uh, psychological, but yeah, I guess. Yeah. That the, is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, the German expressionism. That's funny because he, he has described himself as the California Klaus Kinski, which is very on point. Um, yeah. Like the guy, like. The guy just starts like he sees the guy's movie movie collection and he's, they just start talking and, and Nick Cage, like you know, the guy keeps bringing up like really shitty movies he's been in and like I thought you really you know were were being influenced by any name some like obscure, uh-huh. you know, director from the twenties. Nick Cage is like yes, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, <laughs> it's funny. yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is weirdly t- turned into a Nick Cage conversation. It's movie talk in general, but. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I. You just. You know you're fucking fucked when you put into Google search movies like blank because you're doomed. Oh, you're you're, just, you're, so yeah, people don't. Yeah, get, people never get to get it. Wikipedia doesn't get it. Yeah, nobody gets it. <laughs> uh, no movies, one will ever movies, understand. Movies like Altered States is is a Google search uh, that has cursed me for two uh, years. Wasteland. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like two thousand one. Like yeah, okay, I guess. Like but Altered States. Let's see. Annihilation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. It's going to say it's definitely going to have 2001 and Annihilation in there. Annihilation's fucking real good, though. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, 2001 also. Hereditary is a movie similar to Alter States. Go fuck yourself, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. How about that? Because <laughs> they're both stressful. So uh, uh, Rosemary's Baby, suck my cock. <laughs> <laughs> Why are these all horror movies? Yeah, it's know, not the I same. It's a totally different kind of horror. Yeah. I guess Rosemary's Baby is kind of more internal horror than Easy Rider. <laughs> Shut the what? Fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> what? What my god, idiot! I mean, I haven't seen Easy Rider, but that's not the impression I have. But I don't know. I oh god, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a strange thing. It's it's kind of like um I. I, at some point, I currently consider myself to be somebody who has ambitions of making film, you know, and I guess I just reach a point where I need to make the stuff that I want to see, you know, like, like, and that's tough. Because, <laughs> uh, like, what do you want to see? I want to see these things, but nobody's making them. It's you know? okay. I'm going to write the definitive Terry Davis uh, biopic. Uh-huh. And uh, we're gonna make we're gonna make the next great uh, 
I don't, whatever it is, the next great good movie. <sighs> Just thinking about the steak I made. What'd you what uh, would you make? I made a steak. What kind of steak though? It's a what cut a strip a New York strip. Okay. Um, and it, it, I I I cooked it pretty well. I'm not saying I cooked it to medium well or well. I'm saying I you cooked, cooked it, it good. Cooked it real good, dude. It was like nice. it was. I'd say an average of medium well, or not medium well. Sorry, an average medium of medium rare. rare with instances of rare, just enough to keep you tantalized. Post, yeah, you know, just enough blood in there to be like, ooh, I don't know, but uh, ended up being tasty regardless. I've got some made some steak fries with it. Just fucking just really fried me up some some steak fries, and that was good. Um. Man, I fucking I I I've this, I'm so sick of this whole coronavirus thing. How about you, bro? <laughs> I wouldn't really be acting much different besides the you know getting much more groceries at once. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much doing what I would be doing otherwise. So I can't really, I guess I can't really complain. Yeah, I'm pretty um, much pretty much sick of it. Yeah, it's okay. We're gonna let's see. Have you made any pro- any gun progress? You get, you're getting you're well, getting strapped. I reached a gun. I reached a gun dead end because the place I want to take my guns is. Oh lame. yeah, because you realized you no gun here. No gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so little gun allowed. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it sucks. I'll, it's okay. I'll get gun. We'll fucking we'll go. Yeah, don't get gun. But I wanted to get cool gun, and there's no there's only so much gun you're allowed to have. Mm-hmm. There, I saw today you can buy a full full automatic lower for an MP5, and then all you need is an upper for a semi-automatic MP5, and you got a full MP5 that shoots full auto. Whoa! I can't I can't have it where you live, so I don't get, no, to get of course it. Of not. You mm. couldn't have a regular semi-auto MP5 where. I, well, I guess you could. You have to register. Ten round auto. mag or whatever the fuck. Ten round auto. Yeah, semi-auto MP5. Great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's such a shame, and and obviously I know why people make the decisions to outlaw certain things. I'm not delusional, but it's like me here as a normal guy, me normal man. I want to be able to shoot Gurn. I want to be able to own and shoot Gurn. Is that too yeah. much of a problem? Fuck. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, that being said, I have watched. Uh, a whole bunch of conspiracy related media in the past three days. So I'll be lucky if I can even buy a gun, if I even pass a background check at this point. Oh yeah. We looked at your, at your uh, Twitter history. What is it? You're bringing back Pizzagate, you say? <laughs> you're bringing it back to what exactly? Uh, uh, do you think that would hurt? Do you think that, do you think it goes against me? Do you think it's tied into the background check database? I bet it's not. Uh, I bet it's not that no, it probably isn't, but it can't help you. It's uh. So you're saying is I need to buy guns before I start revealing my real opinion? For you, yeah, you're, you're you get before you reveal the power level, you gotta get strapped. Mm-hmm. Can they undo my my purchase? Can they be like we've reverted it? We've reversed it. You're no longer allowed to own that gun. I guess Canada just did that. Red flag, baby. Yeah saw that um, tweet we saw you make that racist tweet you better not what i i never made no racist tweets i'm down with everybody regardless of what, what skin color they got 
just Carlton autism comes back and it's just like he gets the author- sole authority to take everyone's guns. Oh, have it's you like, know? I know right you're thinking now. about that that racist tweet. You better not. You better not post it. I'll have you know right now that I, whenever I root against the Washington Redskins, I'm not rooting against them because of Native Americans. I'm rooting against them because the name itself is racist. You're, you're, yeah, yes. I, I take That's... mild offense to a team being named Redskins. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Indians, I find to be less than palatable, honestly. <laughs> they're, they're, a, they're a culture, not a costume. It's getting clipped. I... That's that's, that's oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just realized the way I phrased that. Yeah, no one knows it's in quotes when you say it out loud, motherfucker. Guess what? No gun for you. I find Indians less than palatable. As no, no gun. Gun. Yep. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> no. My MP5 lower. <laughs> yep. Just gonna just at your door. You're gonna hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm a person that needs a lot of external stimulation, um, and I don't got any. I just, I just <laughs> weirdly weird out of context. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I just been watching that. I watched that JFK, and then I'm then I'll be watching. So here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, JFK was killed by the CIA. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, probably. Um, and if you ever hear, if you ever have like a former CIA person, or like you you see an interview with a former CIA person. And they talk about the JFK assassination. They always talk around any questions that are aimed at them. Like they, they've been conditioned to answer a certain way. Well, yeah, I mean, they, even they don't want to answer. Even if they were totally innocent, you don't want to answer questions like that because it's like you know, it's like when you talk to cops. Like it doesn't matter what you say. Eventually, you're going to incriminate yourself, even if of you're course. totally innocent. Of course, and I understand why they do it, but they end up continuing the conversation long enough to where they have to acknowledge certain things. And and that's like to me enough evidence to where it's like okay they they have no real cover for this at all like it's pretty obvious at this point that that they were involved not these people directly but like there's no they don't have a sufficient cover they don't have enough answers for all these things so um, reasonably convinced JFK was assassinated I'm not even a person that agreed with him in a lot of ways <laughs> convinced he was assassinated yeah man, I think assassinated by our own government yeah, yeah. you you want, you want to know how I think it works. Got it, man. Is yeah. I think I think the CIA are just so incompetent and retarded that they just think they have guys in all these organizations like the mob <laughs> or and obviously like their guys are actually just the other group's course, guys in them. So because they think if they because we, we've seen in the past few years, like, you know, the old director of the CIA is like, I, you know, I haven't checked recently, but he's basically like a fucking like uh trump is voldemort you know kind of he's just they're just fucking like they're supposed to be these masterminds and they're just like you know they're just like cnn retards and um, they're just they just go to al-qaeda or fucking isis or the mob and they're and they think that if they just tell them about um uh baseball and apple pie and bikinis that uh you know they're just they just think that these people don't realize how great uh you know 
uh, American uh, uh, democratic life is, and uh, they're just going to be like, "Hey, uh, you can uh, you can start a you can start a business, and uh, you can have you can uh, uh, you can uh, watch TV, and uh, you can bet it buy a buy a uh, buy a sedan." And they're like, "Oh, well, this this we you fucking convinced me, man." Well, so here's the thing: is that I'm torn between the government is always government. <laughs> The government is always grossly incompetent, and also I should never trust the government. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so, so those I, are those are those are compatible. So, um, I think that the government is grossly incompetent, and that's why all those pieces of evidence exist regarding the JFK assassination. Or it's like, well, uh, also, we're going to be taking that off of YouTube for this because I tried searching for this stuff, and you really can't find much pro assassination stuff if you. Pro no, I mean that's the most. That's the most like that's the one with the most mainstream acceptance. And I still bet Google's like, uh, the, you know, the first yeah, the, is just like actually, there's very little evidence. That's that, exactly uh, right. the, the experts mostly agree that uh, you know. Well, yeah, you can't even find. I can't even find threads or and, and any sort of forums related to yeah. maintaining the belief that that occurred. And it was it was there was the CIA doing it, but like, um. Yeah, I, I just uh, I feel like the incompetence manifested itself in the magic bullet, you know, and they thought that they had it fucking down to a science where it's like, we're going to fucking shoot this fucker through three angles. And they get to the end and they're like, wait a minute, if we shot this fucker through three angles, how is it going to be one guy? <laughs> oh, shit. It's, yeah, I bet everything is like that, dude. Like, it must be, I would love to just, uh, you know, I, it sucks that they like, probably like destroy all the documents or whatever, but I just would love to see the reactions of all these guys who were just like, yeah, we have all these guys in Al Qaeda and we told them about, uh, we told them about Iron Man and uh, Madonna and they're totally on board. They love America. And then, Bro, uh, you the know, and then the, nine, nine a.m. on September 11th, they're like, "Oh no! How did that? We thought, oh, how did that happen? We gave them the, we gave them their passport. Oh, yeah. I, I need to fuck. We fucked watch. up so bad. Oh, and then they just have to like, eh, never mind. We're just not gonna talk. I need to watch Burn After Reading again because that's like half of Burn After Reading is like, oh shit! <laughs> no, how do we? We, how thought, do we-, we thought they were our guys, but they they were their guys in us. Oh shit! <laughs> well, gotta gotta well, time to we gotta uh, skip town again. Well, when the, when the trait that you value the most as a group is loyalty. You know, like that's <laughs> that's, that's not necessarily conducive. Loyalty isn't necessarily related to competence most of the time mm-hmm. you know um i don't even know how we've gone a long ways away from perfect blue and in belladonna of sadness at this point fucking who cares I don't know, uh, yeah. yeah uh so jfk was murdered by our own government <laughs> um pizzagate pretty much convinced <laughs> not not the pizza restaurant itself that's right. a cover-up for the actual oh fuck the actual, um, you know, the actual conspiracy, which is that there is a pedophile ring, but it exists beyond, like, because why would you be so stupid as to centralize all of your sex ring activities? See, that's how they nailed Epstein. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if you, if you look at Jeffrey Epstein, how come motherfuckers are still getting on the plane with Jeffrey Epstein even after he'd been accused the first time? Because I people, like- I mean, people didn't care. 
like people forget how different even the world was even just like 10 years ago like if someone like if you just like knew someone if you were just like friends with someone and then it turned out they were like a pervert that was that would you know that would just be like hey you know he's got problems but it's not like you, you didn't have to vet everyone that you fucking were associated with because like that was like something for the legal system to deal with and also it wasn't you know he wasn't considered to be like the leader of some kind of Mossad celebrity pedophile ring he was just a weirdo who would pay 16 year old girls 800 bucks to like rub his feet and maybe jerk him off or whatever so it was like whatever i'll get on his plane i guess what's you know i'm not i'm not i'm not getting my feet rubbed but now right, it's like you know, you're, if you if you're in a picture with him in 1998 you were getting your you were getting jerked off by by, by children I'm not saying that from the perspective. I'm saying like more recent images, images that exist that are that need to have been since that initial accusation, which I think was 2011. Yes, things have changed significantly, but like, and also billionaires are just going to hang with billionaires. You know, it's like that's just who you're going to be kicking with. You know, yeah, most pictures just like you know you're at at like a party, and like someone like gets a picture. But yeah, I mean like. But still, even like even in like 2011, it's like if you're considering getting on a plane with a guy who was accused of of hiring teenage prostitutes, even back then it was like, well, you know, whatever. He's a he's a weirdo. He had problems, but it's that's not uh, it's not for me to deal with. I got an air. I got a free plane ride. He's got a funds to give to my charity. You know. Uh, yeah, Bill- it's like I'm still get. Hey, it's uh, why why should science suffer just because this guy is a is a? It's I'm taking money from him. That's how they thought, you know. Bill, Bill Gates has been fucking absolutely fucking savaged by this whole coronavirus thing. <laughs> I, I, I obviously not by I'm not saying by fringe communities. I don't think most people look at Bill Gates and say what a scum fuck. But like. Yeah, people, I, you know, people are really yeah. No, there's this. I think there's a significant people have turned on Bill Gates. Uh, in the past few months, I think that's actually that's a that's that's a pretty big thing. But Bill Gates is like, it's he's trying his best. <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't think you look at Bill Gates and think like Bill Gates's actions are nefarious. Bill Gates is just trying to do his best in a situation that doesn't necessarily have perfect answers. You know, it's not like so cut and dry. You know, and people take any sort of any missteps as being a malicious action by him you know well yeah it's like because well i mean like what's the because he said like he you know he wants to vaccinate everyone and also like he said like he makes like a you know a 20 times profit on vaccines and then people are digging up old quotes where he like wants to have like uh he wants to have like eugenics in africa or something i don't know if that was like misrepresented i don't know what he said but but do you uh, think that Bill, like now is the time where Bill Gates is going to act on that? I feel like this is something we would have known about him 20 years ago. You know, like I just don't think that enough has changed inside of Bill. I think maybe Bill is disconnected from reality. Inside which, of Bill. Which I think you have to be, right? If you're that rich, you have to be some level of disconnected. I just don't think that you... There's that great clip where, uh, yeah, he's on Ellen and they're playing a game where he tries to guess how much things cost and they hold up a, ba- a box of, like, Uncle Ben's rice and he's like, um, $5. Yeah, it's just, you're never, like, and that's not necessarily it's even 76 his cents, Bill. But, like, you, you just reach a level of wealth where money doesn't matter and what matters to him is, like, kind of grand scheme causes, right? 
you know, it's like he, he sees an issue that he wants to solve with whatever his resources are. I, we've gone so far off the fucking reservation at this point. Jesus Christ. Um, I empathize with you, Bill. I say this as somebody who has less than $10,000 in their bank account. Um, I empathize with you. I, I, and I'm sure he doesn't even see those people talking like he's some sort of fucking megalomaniac being spawned villain, but like he's just, he's, he's not that much. Okay. He's a lot smarter than I am, but he's not that much smarter to where he's a different fucking species or anything. You can't expect him to be fucking perfect all the goddamn time. He's, just, <laughs> he's trying his best. <laughs> where even are we? Why are you letting me talk still? <laughs> uh, it's so funny. I don't even like. You're just. Uh, I don't know who you're uh, pleading to. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, why are you let me need, talk still? It's. You're, it's because it's it's hilarious. I, I want to see. I want to see where this goes. All right. Let's see. Okay. Please, what Bill. What else we got? Um, Bill Clinton, not a bad guy. Bill Gates, <laughs> sorry, Bill Gates, Bill Gates, bad guy. Bill Clinton, very bad guy. Um, uh, yeah. Um, CIA and FBI, bad. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's really all. It's really all the conspiracies they care about for the most part. Um, yeah, it's uh. That's a pretty complete. That's really if you if you if you that covers like eighty percent of them, I think, is that government organizations where you don't get a vote are corrupt. That's not a terribly novel idea. Uh, Yeah. What else we got going on? Bill Gates is basically like uh, Sam Hyde's character in the TED Talk he did. (laughs) That's basically like how he thinks. Yeah. It's I, uh, it's in everyone's best interest that I don't run for office. Uh, I hope you do, and then people find this podcast. That's my well, that, ultimate. That's, my, that's the thing is that's the reason I can't is because eventually oh, yeah. we'll have the ability to like scour the internet for just voices. You know, it's like what we've t- we took every single voice clip that exists on the internet and matched it with Ethan's voice, and it turns out. But see, was- by that point, though, deep fakes are going to be so convincing that you can just say, "No, nope, not me. Mm-mm, fake." Yeah, they they deep faked five years worth of podcasts that are People, very. Hey, you can have an AI generate that shit like they generate. Uh, have you heard that clip of the AI just continuing, um, never going to give you up, and yeah. just like Im- improving it? Oh, it's it's great. I should just play it. Um, yeah, play us out on that. Fuck it. There's nothing. Nothing else is going to happen here. That's coherent anyway. I remember last time when you brought something to the table that was interesting to talk about, and then I brought Perfect Blue. And Belladonna of Sadness. Oh, that, was, well. that was fine. It's just that uh, you're. Hey, it's a great. It's a great theme from the episode. Your your reality is disintegrating. Oh, I'm watching no. Oliver Stone movies. Yeah, I was also I was also thinking about how beyond just the fact that I have said all of these things on this podcast that I really feel like I haven't said that much that that that's that bad. But you're my fucking homie, and uh, and and my association with you is probably enough to get me fucking blacklisted everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're you're the fu- yeah but whatever it's worth it <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but um uh beyond that bombshell uh, uh it's uh, uh presidential presidential candidate ethan uh last name uh recorded a podcast with notorious notorious incel terrorists 
you're for, Valspil. For, for a decade. Yeah, it's true. It's like actually, actually, it was Valspil. Technically, yeah. I'm an, a hemophile. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, fucking, I what, what gets me first? Do you think they get me on the podcast, or do you think they get me on having purchased illicit drugs off the the gray net? Uh, no, no one care about drugs. Uh, because like, what you got? Like, what? Uh, I will. You know, nothing, we don't have to say. Uh, Theoretically, yeah, no, you wouldn't. Any nothing you got is. Yeah, no, you're fine. This guy, what, you ordered modafinil, like fucking. Well, what if, what if, uh, what cares? if we ordered something harder? Uh, I think I'm. It probably, it's probably not. Nah, no one. No one that's why that should be legal at that point. Hopefully. Yeah. No, I mean, no one. No one would even. Apparently, anyone would care now. Yeah. Obama also, did. I, Obama was just like, yeah, I did coke. <laughs> yeah. My my political. No one cared. Exist as far as my 450 square foot studio apartment allow anyway. So, I sit here. In in my my desk chair, and w- with my lowly income, and any ambitions I have politically have sailed five years ago. So, I guess there's nothing to really worry about at this point, huh? That's a, probably a good yeah course of action. All right, we've we've lost it. We've totally lost it. Uh, we have to stop. Thanks, everyone. Good boy. Had a, had a good time, and uh, yeah. Let's I am have a Donna of sadness. This, yeah, we, this is Bella, 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 Bella Donna's of sadness. Hold on, let me jot that down. <laughs> let, me jot, let me just. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it's, this is just, this is only the beginning, the beginning of summer, summer of stocking. Uh, okay. Usually, usually I'll be able to talk about how anecdotes and things, but uh, given the fact that I don't get to see anybody, I don't know uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. It's a rip roll, baby.